Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast, available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast studio in Schenectady, New York. It's another college hockey-centric edition of the podcast. Later on, I'll have a conversation with ECAC Hockey Commissioner Steve Hagwell. As we tape this edition of the podcast, the Union men's hockey team is getting set to head to the North Country to face St. Lawrence on Friday and Clarkson on Saturday. Of course, with COVID-19, things could change rapidly. And we'll find out a little bit more about the situation involving RPI a little bit later here in the podcast. But first, uh, Union got back into action last Saturday. It's its first game in 28 days. Uh, they dropped a 4-1 decision to Harvard. Uh, the Dutchman fell behind 3-0 in that game. And they, although they played better in the last two periods, it just could not overcome that uh, first period setback. So uh, Rick Bennett, the Union head uh, coach for the men, talked about uh, finally getting a chance to play after that 28-day layoff during a Zoom conference on Tuesday. Well, it helps in the fact that these guys – have had a chance to, to get in some battles uh, to play a, a full 60-minute game to try to get their legs underneath them. And I think that's I think that's really important. Um, that's why we practice, but everyone knows practices are a heck of a lot different than, you know, games are. So, you know, it was nice to, that, that they had a chance to play a game, you know, go, going, in, uh, going into these next two. Take away that first period on Saturday. I mean, how, how much – you know, looking at the tape of that game, how much are you pleased uh, with the effort? You know, I like the effort um, outside the first, but it wasn't like the effort was, wasn't was there in the first. It was just a, a matter of just trying to find your, you know, your legs and your lungs. <laughs> and it, it finally came into the second and then the third. So, you know, I, again, I, I didn't – we're not faulting, you know, the effort. Um, it was just more so just, again, not playing in a month. Of course, it's always in the back of the players' mind as they're practicing getting ready for a weekend, not the possibility that games may not play, be played over the weekend and they get could get shifted. I mean, that could take a toll mentally on the team. And, of course, uh, the Dutchmen are dealing with some injuries as well. And uh, Bennett talked about that. You, I guess the old, the old uh, saying is you coach what you have in front of you. And – that is the players. What what players do we have in front of us to coach? And that's and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help the players that are going through, you know, COVID or other other illnesses or injuries, you know, as as we always do. But for practice sake and game sake, you gotta you have to coach what with what you have. Um, you can't can't control it. So we're not gonna really we haven't focused on it. Yeah yeah. Do we have an excellent team psychologist and Dr. Wally Bisdell? Yes, we do. And he's been a tremendous help along with our, you know, our, our trainer, Cheryl Rockwood, who's been, you know, a superstar through all this. So, you know, we feel we have a lot of, you know, support staff to help us through. Goalie Connor Murphy and forward Tyler Watkins discussed how they're trying to, you know, make sure they're not being distracted by all the things going on outside of the hockey rink. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously something you got to think about and uh, something you got to keep in the back of your mind. But right now we're just focusing on making sure that we play those games, doing the right things here this week to hopefully prevent that from happening. 
And then so we can just kind of focus on playing our game this weekend. Yeah, kind of built off that. Just kind of worrying about the things that we can control. Um, being smart, being cautious around here, not spending too much time out in public places, dining halls, etc. So just really focusing on what we can do to make sure that we get all the games in we can. How do you make? How do you make that not be a distraction? I mean, it's it's really nothing that we can control. I mean, it's like like he said, we got to just do what we can do to uh, to prevent it and. I mean, it's one of those things that it might happen, it might not. So we, we just gotta have to play it by ear. But we're just trying to trying to stay focused on hockey right now because we're lucky enough to be playing it. So um, and that's right. Right now, that's our main focus. This will be the second meeting of the season between Union and the North Country teams. Uh, Union played uh, Clarkson and St. Lawrence back in the first weekend of November. Uh, the game against St. Lawrence on November 6th, Union lost a shootout 3-2. to uh, Gabriel Seeger sent the game into overtime with a late third-period goal. And the game the night before against Clarkson, Union had a 3-1 lead. Uh, the Golden Knights rallied tied and sent the game into overtime. But Colin Graff scored with two minutes left in sudden death overtime to give the Dutchman a 4-3 victory. Bennett talked about what he expects from uh, facing St. Lawrence and Clarkson this weekend. You know, teams are... Not just us, but a lot of teams, it seems like they're coming off the COVID. So I can't see them, you know, changing games up or or their systems too much, you know, going, going into our, our games up here. So it's always a hard, hard fought battles with both these teams. Um, you got some, you know, I think St. Lawrence is really fast, a little similar to, to, to Harvard as far as speed. So we have to be ready for that. And then Clarkson just plays a just a rugged band of hockey that you know is very very well structured too so you know you're kind of going into i don't, don't want to say totally two two different games but there's there's a different look uh, from each team you just described those two styles how do how does both of those styles mesh with your team right now at this point of the year well if we can play like the second the third um, and generate a few more scoring chances i like our our chances up there versus you know, both these teams, I think we proved that here at, at home. But there's another, you know, I guess another hurdle is you got to do it on the road. And you got to do it on the road when you haven't played back-to-back in, again, over a month. So there's a there's a challenge within a challenge there. But, you know, we have to embrace that. Bennett talked something other in college hockey. His favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys play the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Wild Card on Sunday at 430 and uh, Rick also has a few things to say about the Cowboys' victory over my Philadelphia Eagles on Saturday. It'll be a tough matchup for the Cowboys against that uh, defense and the running game against uh, their 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 offense. So, but I'm predicting a lot of pain and uh, a little rocky reference, and uh, but the Cowboys win here. So go Cowboys! And Ken, sorry about that thrashing you took there last. Uh, well let's, well, let's just let's just uh, examine this for a second, Rick. You did it against second, third, and fourth stringers. I mean, everybody's praising Dak Prescott. All the Cowboys are back, and here we go. But now, taking also into consideration, the defense in the first half couldn't stop the Eagles' second, third, and fourth stringers. So, I mean, I'm I'm really interested to see what the narrative is if the Cowboys lose on Sunday. I just all, all I saw was I don't know, seventy-five to to ten or something. That, that's all I saw. So. <laughs> all it takes. 
<laughs> Union women's hockey team will return to action after a five-week uh, break. Uh, some of that caused by the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. The Dutch women had games canceled last week against Brown and Yale because they had some uh, health and safety protocol issues. However, their returns delayed just a bit. Uh, Union was supposed to play uh, Princeton on Friday night and then Quinnipiac on Saturday, both games at Messer Rink. However, uh, late Thursday afternoon, that schedule was changed. Uh, at the time when uh, Josh Skiba talked with us on Tuesday, he said the Princeton game was postponed. There had not been a make-up date. Well, there, now there is a make-up date. It's Sunday at 2 p.m., and then the uh, Dutch women will take on Quinnipiac on Monday night at 6 p.m. Uh, Quinnipiac in the top five in the USCHO.com poll. Uh, when we talked to Skiba on uh, Tuesday, uh, my question was, what's going to be like to face uh, Quinnipiac, one of the top teams in the country? Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to, to playing for sure. Um, Friday is going to be postponed. Um, oh, again, jeez. Yeah. Uh, now, was it, Princeton, was it Princeton program? Yeah, it's Princeton. So Princeton just doesn't have the numbers to, to be able to compete uh, on Friday. So we're going to postpone that. Uh, but Saturday is Saturday's on with, with QPAC right now. So we're looking forward to, to playing a game again for sure. Yeah, tough way to get back into you know playing again against a powerhouse like Quinnipiac. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good for the girls. I think, I think they're just, they just want to play. Right. I think, I think our objective the whole time here is just, we've got to get games going. We've got to start playing again. Um, I think we played them pretty tightly at their place. Um, and I think obviously our girls know that. And I think they'll be excited to, to, to play again here. What do you have to do against the Bobcats to you know, be competitive? You know, I think I think whenever we've played against them, I think scoring first has always been big. I think they're a team that doesn't necessarily score a ton of goals. They're very defensive oriented. I think when we score first, we play from ahead. I think we've always given them a, a headache. Um, so I think I know we've, we've beaten them here at our place before. Um, but I think the last time we played, I mean, we, we scored first. We were in control of some of the game. Um, you know, we've got to make sure we stay out of the penalty box. We play an aggressive style and just, you know, continue to press forward. But I like the way our team uh, competed against them when we played there. We gave ourselves a chance to win. Um, if we do that again, we score first, I think we'll be fine. Not only is uh, Skiba happy to get back on the ice, but so are the players. Forwards Grace Hiding and Cassie Michalica talked about that. Hiding will talk first. Um, I guess I'll go first. I know we're, we're really excited for that. Um, it can be easy to get frustrated when games are being rescheduled, but I know we're making smart decisions just to make sure Every team has enough people and everybody's healthy and we can be safe with it. But there's a lot of anticipation. We've been practicing hard and we're, we're really excited to say the least. So we're fingers crossed for Saturday and we're, we're amped up and ready. Yeah, I mean, I think Josh touched on it. Like you can only practice so much. And I think that's all we've been doing for so long. It feels like, especially with the break in between. So definitely just excited to get back into it and play as soon as possible. Meanwhile, the RPI men's hockey program, which had last week off because of health and safety protocols within its program, will now have to wait a couple of days to get back on the ice. Their scheduled games Friday and Saturday against uh, Clarkson and St. Lawrence have been moved. The game against Clarkson, which was scheduled for Friday, will be played at 5 p.m. Sunday at Cheel Arena. And the St. Lawrence game, which was 7 o'clock Saturday at Appleton Arena, will now be played at 3 p.m. on Monday. So it's going to be interesting to see how the uh, engineers handle that. Head coach Dave Smith talked about that. Really, we're just dealing with what everybody 
um, in the country, every sport um, has been dealing with. And it's the timing of not only um, uh, guys that go into the COVID protocol, but right now we're um, dealing with the timing of when guys come out of COVID protocol. But um, we've worked really hard at this. Dr. Lawrence on, on our campus, uh, Dr. McElroy, myself, um, everybody, and, and what we're learning from the medical people is that uh, we, we should be good to go. We've got, um, we've, we've got a good plan that guys have been able to practice. Um, we've got a good expectation that we'll have um, more than the minimum numbers. We're not talking about just the minimum numbers. We'll have more than the minimum numbers, and we needed the extra two days, and uh, the Clarkson and St. Lawrence coaching staff and administrations at their place have been uh, extremely cooperative and understanding and um, everybody wants the same thing. And it, it's not about me playing hockey. It's about, let's get these student athletes playing hockey. So um, it takes a lot of people to, uh, to get to this point. Um, now it's always fingers crossed and let's get, let's get it across the finish line between now and Sunday puck drop. How, how how excited are they to get back uh, playing games again? Um, the, the, you know, I think I'm going to take this incrementally. Um, their first excitement is they've seen the effort that RPI is putting into this. And RPI, again, it's not one person. It's, it's across the board. Um, we want our athletes to, to participate. So they're excited to see and feel that um, because a year ago they had lost that feeling, but they have that back. They're like, all right, RPI is doing everything we can. We as athletes, um, they understand um, what the virus is. We want to keep people safe and healthy. The next step was the excitement. All right, RPI is working here. They want us to play. They're doing everything they can. Then when they step on the ice for practice, um, it's it's been it's been electric now because we're going through some COVID protocols not everybody is there or it's staggered times or individual practices again to keep people safe and healthy um but the excitement has been extremely high and and knowing that um our guys our our school is committed to getting these games in and, and playing them and the guys are in turn we're seeing a commitment of all right hey we we got to be ready Smith is a fan of the Buffalo Bills. He became a fan of the Bills when he started coaching at Canisius back in the early 2000s. He talked about Saturday's game, the AFC wildcard matchup with the Patriots. So we moved to Buffalo in 2005 is when we became Bills fans. And there was a long stretch of um, disappointment. And during that stretch, I really loved what Tom Brady has done had done at, at, uh, with the Patriots. And one of my favorite books of all time is the Bill Belichick's book. So I really respect and almost as a Bills fan now fear the Patriots. Um, but I am not wavering in my support of the Buffalo Bills. And um, I think they have uh, a healthy respect and, and uh, understanding of what Bill Belichick can do. And their quarterback has been great. But uh, I'm going to say uh, a close, close first half, and the Bills pull away, uh, uh, win by 14 in the second. Coming up, I'll speak with ECAC Hockey Commissioner Steve Hagwell. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast.
The pro football season is here, and it's time to play the Daily Gazette You Pick 'em Football Contest. Predict the winners of the weekly games via your You Pick 'em online account. The fan with the most correct points each week gets his or her name in the Daily Gazette on Thursday and wins a $100 ShopRite grocery card. The fan with the most overall points after 23 weeks wins a $1,000 travel voucher and could win a trip to Hawaii. For official rules, go to dailygazette.com slash football. The You Pick'em Football Contest is run by the Daily Gazette Advertising Department and not associated with the Daily Gazette Sports Department. Hi, this is Union College Hockey TV analyst Brian Unger. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. My guest is the commissioner of ECAC Hockey. He's been a very busy man. He has a few minutes to chat with me. I appreciate it. This is uh, Steve Hagwell. Steve, welcome to the podcast, and uh, Happy New Year. Thank you very much, Ken. Glad to be with you. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Well, let's talk about uh, the season so far. We we got through the first half of it relatively unscathed, but since then, it's been just crazy with games being postponed, rescheduling. How, how crazy has it been for you? Uh, it's interesting in capital letters. Yes, the first half was felt like we were, I won't use the term normal anymore, but we were getting into a routine, so to speak, and, and things were progressing uh, rather nicely from our perspective on the league side. And then, yes, since January hits, uh, a little bit before then, it's, uh, it's been interesting. And, and a bit chaotic, but uh, I guess all in all, I, I just can't imagine what it's like on campuses right now. I'm not there. I just can only imagine with all sports they have. So um, interesting is the word I'm using. Yeah, I mean, last year with only four teams, was it easier having to reschedule games as opposed to have all, all the teams now back this year? It was certainly different. Uh, we were playing two-game sets, if you will. Um, which, and given our situation with our travel partners, it creates a little bit of uh, some different issues that, that arise. Um, it certainly wasn't easy. It was a different time. But um, um, given that it was two-game sets and, and we could manipulate the weekends a little bit, and, and they were mostly, with the exception of games at Quinnipiac, the uh, teams based in New York were playing day-of-game travel for the most part. So um, it, it was just different. Yeah. As we progress here, are we going to see end up seeing teams playing three or four games in a week, sort of like a pro schedule? Um, I think that you're going to see a lot of midweek games right now on, on rescheduling. We had seven, I think it was last week, that uh, league games that on both the men's and women's side that didn't get played. Um, so, you know, the, the, we're hitting a stretch run, if you will, and there are six weekends left, including this weekend for the women and seven for the men from a regular season standpoint. So they're pretty, pretty well full. Um, and so the options are to reschedule games and probably play, uh, Tuesday as an example. So you'll probably see quite a bit of that. Yeah. Are are there are concerns among you, among the schools that this season, not all the games could end up getting played? I wouldn't use the term concern. Are we talking about and, and contemplating the possibility that we'll have an imbalance in a number of games? The answer is yes. Um, and trying to plan accordingly. And that scenario played out last year, as a matter of fact, where we had a difference in the number of games that were played um, because of the variety of issues. And so I, I do think I'm not I don't know the future. Do I think that everyone will get in their 22? Uh, I hope so. Um, 
I don't think the odds are, are there that that will happen. But uh, again, I don't know what the future will bring. How will, if that, if there's a case where not all the teams play their games, how will the standings be determined at that point? Well, right now, um, the standings are determined simply based on points. And then if that imbalance occurs, uh, we've talked about uh, percentage, highest percentage of points attained in games played. And depending on the variance, I mean, there's an outlier that we could do a quasi-NCA-type pairwise scenario. And um, so that that's on the table as well, and uh, we're kind of hashing through it. Mm-hmm. But right now, we're going with uh, straight points because everybody's played the same number of games. And if that should change, then uh, we'll, we'll adjust accordingly. At what point do you can you safely say that if teams start – you know, missing games. We're getting late. We're getting late February. At what point do you say we're this is we're going to do the imbalance uh, schedule at that point? And this is the way it's got to be. Um, I, I don't think there's a point that I can designate as an end-all, be-all, if you will. We're having our administrators are meeting on a weekly basis, convening every week. Um, so again, that topic has been discussed. It's on the table, and um, when and we'll make a decision if any. Um, I don't have a definite, there's not a definite point um, right now. Yeah. I mean, as, are you happy the things, you know, the games are getting, at least, you know, from the standpoint we had all the teams back this year? I mean, in, in a sense, are you happy we're, we're back to a 12 team uh, league as opposed to what happened last year? Very much so. And uh, I certainly don't want to sound flippant by any means. I mean, I've talked to some coaches who are going through this this year who didn't play last year and and uh, the issues and at times it's frustrating. And again, not to sound flippant, but I said, hey, I'm just glad you're playing and you're going through these issues. So uh, but the bottom line is, I mean, we're talking safety, the safety and health and welfare of individuals. And so um, that's the first priority. And and uh, once that's secure to the extent that it can be, um, then if they're playing games, that's great. And, yes, uh, this league is 12 teams on men and women, and I'm just glad that all 12 are in play. Is there is, is ever been considered if a team doesn't follow protocols that games could be forfeited? We, we've had discussions in the fall about forfeits, and as you may have seen, um, a lot of the prominent Division One multi-sport leagues came out and, and said that they were going to incorporate forfeits. Personally, and, and not that I'm the driver, I'm not an advocate of forfeits. The NCAA has always had the position since I've been around that if the game isn't played, it's a no-contest scenario. Are there benefits or, or good rationale for having forfeits? Um I gotta believe there is because decisions aren't made in a vacuum. But we we are not on uh, have not taken a league position with regard to forfeits. This is the uh, the second year of the uh, three point game. Uh, how's yeah, how do you think that's been received? Um, I mean, personally, I like it because you have you have to play for something. Uh, I, you know, I don't like you know, I don't like the NHL setup where it says a two point game and. Yeah, you know, a team gets a uh, a point for just going overtime. I mean, I I think the fact you yeah you know, have three points and you if you get get three points in a regulation win, that's great. Yeah, given that the NCA uh, rules uh, require a three on three five minute overtime, um, three point system seems to make uh, the most sense. Um, given, and I understand what you say about the NHL, um, but the three point system is uh, yeah, it's in play. And that's what we have. And um, 
whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, I'll leave that for others to answer. <laughs> is there any with, with the situations going on right now with the you know, the postponements and all that stuff? Is there is it at all possible? Maybe it's not, but it, I'll ask you anyway. Is it possible that this, the regular season could be expanded if necessary, or if we see a, 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 a you know, really a, a more a variance, a more situation with the COVID come out? Could, could the, is it is it possible that we could see the season uh, extended, or or is there any chance of a pause at this point beyond our current dates with regard to the championship? Yeah, I mean, as far as if we you get a situation where you you, have, you lose six, six, let's say half the schools can't play on the weekend, uh, do you, you go? Do you try to can, can you at all, or is it just uh, impossible at this point to you know, move the season back, regular season? Back? Yeah, I mean, everything, not everything, but the, but the NCAA dates dictate uh, the the start and length of the season, if you will, and when we play our dates. Could we change our playoff format on the men's side and or women's side? We certainly could. Um, we did that last year. Uh, not that, you know, that was the end-all, be-all. I mean, we ended up playing uh, single-game semifinals. And, again, it was four teams, granted, on a Thursday and then our final on a Saturday. Um, right now we have an agreement on the men's side to be in Lake Placid on certain dates. Um, our women's side, we're, we've, ten- we've got our annual weekend for our championship um, set at the site to be determined, highest remaining seed. So, but if, if things should develop and, and really take a, a, a huge impact on, on the schedule from a regular season standpoint, anything's on the table. Uh, we're not contemplating that right now. But, um, again, it, it, it's blocked by here are the NCA dates for men and women, and uh, you kind of work backwards from that. Uh, speaking of Lake Placid, uh, when you go up there in March, it's going to be a different ice service. They're going to actually have the 200 by 85 uh, regulation rank. Uh, how's that? I mean, how do the coaches feel about that? Because obviously they, they have the 200 by 100 uh, rank, which a lot of teams don't play on during the regular season, but they now have the 200 by 85 rank. Uh, that's got to be a plus. Yeah, it's it's depending on who you, who you talk to over the years. Um, the Olympic sheet was uh, a bit of an issue. Um, some were okay with it, um, and many favored a two NHL size at 200 by 85. And now that they have that, Hopefully that'll put the issue to rest. Um, you know, it'll be interesting. I haven't seen it. We, I've been up there. We, Steve Babarakis and I have been up to Lake Placid, and it's under construction because of they're hosting the World University Games, so they're doing some work up there. Um, it'll be interesting to see from a championship standpoint when we get there how it plays out. Um, so right now I'm very appreciative of the staff in, in uh, Lake Placid that they uh, – they have that option to put in an NHL size sheet. And I know the NWHL, and I'm lacking for the new terminology that uh, they, they go under, but they were up there, what, a year ago, February, and played their, some games up there, and I believe it was well-received. Yeah. I mean, what is it about Lake Placid that makes that special? I mean, I know they had the Albany experience, the Atlantic City experience, but what makes Lake Placid special? The village itself and, and the facility, the, the historical aspect of the facility uh, with the 80 Olympics and, and um, just the village itself, how quaint it is. And, and we have a lot of fans over the years that go up there and whether their team's in it or not, you've been there. You, you can see uh, any number of schools, uh, jerseys with people walking the streets and they just come out 
I think it's the base that they just love hockey there and they come out for the hockey and, and uh, ECAC hockey, we consider it our home. And so it's just a special place. I've used the term magical. You've probably heard me say over the years, and that may sound a bit corny, but it is, it is somewhat magical to be there. Well, Steve, appreciate a few minutes. I know you're busy. Hopefully uh, we'll get through this season uh, with all the teams playing their games and uh, have an exciting postseason. I appreciate it. It took me away from my rescheduling. For Thanks for the break. I'm glad to be a distraction. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thanks. Taking a look around ECAC hockey this weekend, the matchup I'm really intrigued uh, will take place Friday night in Hamden, Connecticut, when 18th-ranked Harvard visits number 2-ranked Quinnipiac. That's going to be a battle for a uh, really you know, top spot in ECAC hockey. Uh, Harvard's right there now at, in first place, so we'll see how this uh, uh, contest turns out. Uh, other games on Friday that are scheduled, Dartmouth-Princeton was postponed. In fact, Princeton's game also against Harvard was postponed. Um, Cornell will visit Yale. Cornell, impressive uh, weekend last weekend. Uh, it went to uh, North Dakota in battle of ranked teams. And uh, quite frankly, I don't think anybody gave the the Big Red a chance. But they Big Red, you know, the weekend before it got swept out at Arizona State. But uh, last weekend... Uh, went to Grand Forks and swept North Dakota. So two great wins for Cornell. And uh, Colgate will take on Brown on Friday as well. And on Saturday, it'll be Cornell at Brown. And then Colgate's at Yale. Uh, of course, along with the Union game against Clarkson. Uh, Dartmouth and Quinnipiac are scheduled to play Sunday. And uh, Princeton and Quinnipiac are scheduled to play Tuesday. So busy times for uh, Quinnipiac over the next few days. Just a reminder, uh, you can participate in the ECAC Hockey Face-Off selections. I post my picks uh, every Wednesday, and you can participate. You can email your picks to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. And that's also the email address to uh, send questions or comments about the podcast or any college hockey questions you would like to have answered. And that will do it for this edition of the Parting Shots Podcast, College Hockey-Centric One. I would like to thank uh, ECAC Hockey Commissioner Steve Hagwell for coming on the show. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I am Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey.